0: Hi there and welcome to this, our sixth free webinar in the 2019 Smart Building Series. Um, very happy to have you along today. And today we are talking about navigating the complex smart building landscape. Um, and uh, we'll be talking about a white paper that we have uh, collaborated with Lockerty on, um, and it's a comprehensive use case guide for real estate professionals. So that's, the, that's kind of our theme today. And I am joined by Thomas Kessler,
1: CEO of Lockity. So, hi, Thomas. Hello, everyone. Great to hear you. Hello from sunny Zurich, Switzerland. <laughs> good.
0: Nice to hear that you've got some good weather over there. Well, um, I'm going to ask you just to introduce yourself in a little bit. But first of all, just cover some housekeeping for everyone listening. Um, first thing: um, very. I mean, this is an interactive kind of session. and We're going to be discussing uh, some of the content that we produced and some of the slides. And obviously we hope you find that very interesting. Uh, And if you do have questions, feel free to type them in. Um, Should be in your console some some way of doing that and I'll get that here. And we'll be able to take those questions as we go along. Um, Other than that, uh, please don't forget to subscribe to our channel. Um, So we've been doing these webinars now for a few years and so there's plenty of content online for you guys to look at, all smart building related, I hope all interesting. Um, So you can go to SoundCloud, um, you can search for Memory Research, you'll find us even on iTunes, Um, it's published as a podcast, find us there. And also on YouTube, Um, again, just search for Memory Research and you'll find us. Um, And if you would like to, please leave us um, a nice review on iTunes, it all helps. Um, So let's get going. Um, and first of all, um, let me again introduce you to Thomas. Thomas, tell us a little bit about yourself and um, the company and when you were founded and what you've been doing.
1: Perfect. Thank you very much for this short introduction, James. So yes. Hello, everyone. I'm uh, Thomas Kessler, uh, founder and CEO at Loca-T. Um Actually, four years ago, approximately four years ago, I started Locatee. Um, because I saw actually how difficult it is for corporate real estate teams understanding what's going on um, in, in, in their office buildings. And uh, me and my co-founder actually, we, we started to think about, okay, um, in a digitized world, um, how can you actually still do like manual manually count the number of people in buildings? There should be better ways. And uh, so we started, Um, and has been uh, pretty successful in doing that uh, over the course of the the, the last few years. Um, We are working with some of the largest companies across the world to enable them uh, make better and faster real estate decisions um, and on the other hand uh, create a better work environment. So pretty exciting topic and uh, yeah this is why we have partnered up with Memori Pretty excited to, to give you today an update and also like a um, uh, webinar on this topic, how to not get lost in a smart building. <laughs> exactly. So let's kind of like just, I guess, start
0: by framing the, the challenge. Um, one thing, uh, anyone listening out there, um, you can go and download this uh, white paper now, probably a good idea, because I think it's a good companion as we go through the webinar. Um, you can see, you know, obviously the content in more detail. So um, on your screens, you should see the link, but uh, it's basically uh, C-R-E-M dot Lockety, that's the two E's, L-O-C-A-T-E-E dot C-H um, slash use hyphen case hyphen navigator. Uh, and if you go there, just um, enter in your details and you can get the white paper and hopefully you'll find that interesting as we go along. But basically, um, You know, this came out of a conversation that we had and um, we felt, and I think Thomas and all the team at Lockerty share as well, the fact that, you know, we've got an increasingly complicated landscape of smart building solutions. There's a lot more vendors coming to market with different things, different types of technology that, you know, serve different purposes, perhaps even, you know, produce different data and and do so in, you know, a way, uh, just slightly different ways. And that maybe gives a perception of complexity when actually in reality, what we need to use the technology for is quite simple. And that's really what this white paper was about to try and uh, bring some clarity to what the different uses are for technology in commercial office space. Um, And so that perhaps, you know, CRE professionals and facilities teams can think about prioritizing those different um, use cases um, or different priorities that they have, um, so that they can at least move by step by step towards smartening a building. I mean, Thomas, in your your experience, um, do you often come across uh, clients, um, other people, other vendors, people you talk to in the industry who are sort of finding it difficult to separate the technology from from the use?
1: yeah, so the, absolutely. I mean, we when we talk to like prospects, we talk to partner and we have done that for for the last uh, years, many discussions we, we were in and uh, we had really the chance to to discuss this quite deeply. And we had in like in summary, we we had a lot of these uh, situations where people were discussing about like digital twin, IOT, um, uh, building information modeling. And all these kind of buzzwords, um, everyone actually started to talk about these buzzwords, always all discussions started with, yeah, we want to do IoT. Um, And then we started to ask actually, because we realized this is the wrong approach, we started to ask, yeah, what do you actually want to achieve? What is the actual business case and the outcome? And so um, I think uh, this is very important to shift the focus, especially as the market is evolving and to accelerate this shift from a focus on technology, um, from these buzzwords, I call, um, and to a more outcome-oriented um, idea, and to also the smart building strategy. So some of you might be in the course of developing a smart building strategy for your own company. So it's very important to really focus on what do you actually want to achieve at the end of the day? What is the real outcome? And not just, okay, we need to install some, some IoT stuff, and we have a digital twin, and so on. Um, and in the end, we realize, after we have done the project, there is no, no real outcome and the business case isn't, isn't, um, cannot be proven um, as expected. So it's really important to focus on the outcome and to really um, understand and jointly develop within the team this, this vision on uh, what do we actually want to achieve. And so uh, this was kind of the challenge we, we came up with um, and we saw quite often until so we turned to memory and uh, told them, pitched them the idea and uh, yeah, here we are. Um, and hopefully the white paper helps kind of to orientate in the smart building. And when you are uh, in the course of, of um, creating a strategy. Mm-hmm. So that's off, is,
0: is that sometimes the case then where you will go to a, um, or you, you, you know, a client, or or a partner, or somebody who you're, uh, you know, starting to work with, and that's often perhaps the first the first step, right? Is then just to kind of understand what the problem is, rather than what technology you can use to to unlock that or, or solve that problem. Um, it, so that is that often like the first conversation is more about what do you want to achieve, what really do, what what does a good outcome look like.
1: Exactly. So, I mean, I can I can give you some examples, which makes it a little bit more specific. We quite often go into a discussion and um, companies, they, they approach us, um, they tell us they want to measure um, every desk across their entire portfolio, how it is used. And then we, we go into discussions and we are happy to, to de- like, learn about their challenges. And usually when when we ask them, hey, but, cross, I don't know, five or 50,000 desks. Um, why do you actually want to have this information? Can you actually handle it? And many times, actually, the customers realize um, that, actually, we, we we don't really know what we, at the end, will do. From, like, top down, there was an initiative. We should be, uh, we should have some IoT initiatives going on. But in the end, just having this information of like down-to-desk uh, utilization this is not really a problem so we start always go back to step and tell them hey let's quickly discuss go a step back and discuss what is actually the challenge you have currently um, in your organization how can actually corporate real estate um, prove value um, and how can we actually with different technologies only in a second step address these these um, challenges once agreed and once shared within the entire organization.
0: Mm-hmm. So, and as part of this process of doing the white paper, we came up with these seven attributes, which um, I hope you can see on your screen. Uh, control, conserve, secure, bind, communicate, optimize, and personalize. So essentially these sort of, uh, for want of a better word, these seven groups under which we think, you know, these uses uh, are um, can be put under. Um, so maybe we can just take some of these, uh, Thomas. I mean, I mean, in terms of what what you do as a company, um, where we, um, how do you think that you, you know, you position your position within that? Yes. So I mean, we
1: have. As a company, we're like uh, focusing mainly on this workplace analytics topic. Yeah. Um, in the end, our focus is is mainly on this optimize and, and also in a second step in this find area. Yeah. Um, but we see it really once you really want to go into and create a smart building, it's it's not just about having one vendor um, having a siloed solution, but really connecting all the dots with different other solutions. Um, yeah in the end to benefit across these three areas. So the space topic, space utilization is huge, especially with, with our solution. Um, we see a lot of um, demand for space utilization challenges. So use cases reflecting um, and uh, around deciding where to optimize the space. Um, and then the other topic, which is secure control. Um, some, we have of course some, some uh, relations to it. Um, but usually we we connect the systems. Um, we take the consume data from, from these systems. Um, and the one thing probably also, if, we, if I look back to four years where we started um, really with that focus on, on this analytics topic, what picked up a lot, and I'd probably, James, you can also reflect that, that it's more and more, it's around the user experience. So I, me as an employee, I come to the office and how do I actually perceive Um, This 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 building. I mean the reason behind this is clear It's like the digital natives enter the office buildings and uh, yeah I heard just recently a quite nice saying where someone was saying okay The employees actually want to have nine to five be like five to nine which is really like bringing in this uh, consumer perspective um, how you use like how you use um, a cab so uh, uber Uh, the uberification of of a building this is very important step which picked up a lot in recent years and reversed where we see a lot of things um going on and where like based on on um, technology a lot of great outcomes can be achieved in the end
0: yes absolutely and we'll come on to to that a little bit more where we sort of dig into some of the use cases so under these seven attributes that you can see again you know we came up with a list of 49 um uses or of, of outcomes that people might want to achieve within commercial office space uh, and we'll go through that in a minute um that's quite a long list but i doubt that it's some um, exhaustive and of course i think one of the key takeaways that you know i learned from this um i think was that you know there is no one size fits all solution so depending on you know actually real estate in this sense is it's is very much just dependent on what on what you want to achieve and there isn't it's very difficult to have just a a cookie cutter solution for each building and I think that's what you know i mean we'll come on to that mapping that was sort of one thing that i uh, that, that I found interesting from this i mean is, is that something you uh, thought you'd share thomas
1: absolutely so I mean in the end if you look at what buildings can contribute and also like the chance or like the opportunity for corporate real estate teams, um, are really like only expanding. Um, and yeah, as you all know, corporate real estate is always kind of in this situation, yeah, should, should it get outsourced and how, what is the benefit for the overall organization? Um, especially also with the, the companies like WeWork coming up and so on, but actually what we really see and what, um, corporate real estate teams can really achieve and how they can contribute to the performance of the overall organization is way beyond what has been possible in the past so like the dimensions they can contribute is of course like the typical thing of like cost reduction and like reduce the 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 resources like cleaning services energy and everything but where it gets more interesting is the the thing where, where People itself so that the experience how people perceive the space how they can navigate the space and so on This is something where I think this is really a big opportunity for all corporate real estate professionals out there To actually show what's the value of having an internal corporate real estate team um, Bringing together HR bringing together IT bringing together the real estate functions and I think this is really like a paradigm shift currently going on that enables corporate real estate team coming out from this cost perspective, going into more um, value-driven, outcome-driven contribute to the overall organization.
0: Right, yeah, and we can see that here. So if we look at what we did, was sort of group these uh, these different attributes. Obviously, when we talk about find, optimize, personalize, communicate, the focus of these attributes is on identifying uh, sites um, and buildings with the greatest potential uh, for satisfying employees' needs. So this this, as Thomas was talking about this move towards more human-centric, more user-centric buildings um, and not just to improve uh, the user experience but but also the, you know the environment. And then uh, we grouped co- control and conserve together and, and we think that these are sort of two attributes that are focused more on managing resources. so things like energy management, um asset management and benchmarking of, of sites or groups of buildings or regions with with uh, your, your other buildings to find out how they are how they are um, operating and finally secure which we felt kind of is, is slightly on its own of course it's a fundamental thing within building within any building that, that it is secure that assets and people within the building are secure at all times um but again, it is something that, that needs to be controlled and conserved, but, but that's sort of a, a basis. So we kind of talked a little bit about trends, Thomas. Um, and I guess it's worth worth fleshing that out a little bit, like what is really driving um, uh, these, these, these attributes and use cases that we've identified. Um, you talked a little bit there about um, the next generation of, of workers coming through being digital natives. Um, how is that, how have you seen that impact conversations that you've had with with clients and uh,
1: partners? A lot. I mean we I think we have we have seen that as I mentioned earlier in the beginning when we started with with this especially approaching the smart building topic from a space utilization perspective. It was always um, like a CFO-driven thing. you still still see it in some companies, depending on the maturity. Uh, but like the real, the next step is really uh, this: taking not only the space efficiency, which is still remains important, um, but also taking into consideration every employee so really seeing how the employee perceives the work environment how they can have in the end a building that supports them doing doing their job so we see that shift uh which takes which which has taken place and will uh further um, um accelerate in in the, the coming months and years so i think this is a very very profound shift um from as i mentioned from a more from a more cost oriented. Um, perspective on buildings into a more uh, value-oriented um, perspective. Mm-hmm. I think an important step that needs to be done, and this is, um, is it's, it's a very important opportunity for corporate real estate teams.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, there's a couple of things we we put there, like flexible, smart workplaces. Um, what, what do people tell you about what, what flexible means? I mean, and, and how that, and how that relates to, you know, the portfolio, the, the the office space or the the, the portfolio of, of of real estate
1: yeah i think it's 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 a lot about and it's of course it's caused by the increased adoption of mobile technology like we can today we can work from anywhere we want and i think this is the the shift in the mindset so that from the millennials the digital natives that come into the buildings they don't like to just have this fixed office hours sitting at their specific desk. They are more into collaborative work styles. And so the the, the real estate portfolio itself, um, even the, the, the space, every square footage, every square meter has to uh, uh, account for, for these changes. And I think it's definitely the the these modern flexible workspace concepts, they have been have become mainstream. Um, just because it doesn't make sense to have half empty buildings on the one end But of course also to in the end reduce space but increase the remaining um, Quality of the space and so be able to compete in, in the war for talent So to really have a great office many I see that at our own company We we have been always working in, in a co-working space um, and just recently we moved into our own office space and I mean, this is like for us as a company, first of all, it was important. But on the other hand, it's it's like important step um, also for us like that we live and breathe um, this. uh, In the end, everyone can work from wherever they want, but the goal of the company, and this is the same for many of our customers, the goal of the company is actually to provide a work environment where people actually want to come to work and they don't have to. So it's really this flexibility where people just can roam around, um, and I think this is this is same applies for us um, as for for our customers and for for the entire market. So this is really the shift taking place right now. Mm. It is real. <laughs> right. Yeah. Okay. And and also to so as you
0: said to provide this more flexible working practices, which are you know what what basically the workforce is desiring now, but then also. I mean, how do you see that impact sort of client? Not just retaining, um, or, or not just allowing uh, employees to do their best work, but also retaining and, and attracting staff. I mean, I mean, I obviously that's critical to any um, any company these days in this knowledge-based economy. But how do you see that fitting into you know the corporate real estate, the office
1: environment? Yeah, I mean, one thing. What what defines like a work, workplace experience? It, basic things are um, having access to the space you need, like a meeting room, when I need it. Having access to a desk whenever I need it, so I don't want to come to the office and um, as it was like some some companies in the past introduced desk sharing concepts and then ran out of desks which was uh not good for for the company but also not good for the overall flexibility topic um so really having access to the the, the, the right space but also having access to the right assets so uh, i want to have uh, the cafeteria available i want to have um I want to know where my people are and all these kind of this is like first step, okay, I need to have visibility across my building. Where are people? Um, where are different places available? Um, yeah, what's, uh, is there a queue in the, the canteen? All these kind of things which defines a great like the basics of, of a, a good experience. Um, in the end, what is a great experience? Kind of the next level is really that the building starts to to support the people doing their jobs, so yeah. that basically the building, um, and this is only um, only like starting now with where the building starts to, to talk to the people in a sense that it suggests and helps them do their job, finding, um, for instance, the right people are suggesting them even locations where they could work today. Um, based on their calendar and all these kind of things, where we see the, the building play a more important role in the space itself um, for, for the people to perform. Um, these are kind of the, the next things, not just having visibility, but also the kind of the support um, of buildings. Um, and of course, and this is also, we reflected, this is a kind of a third point, to personalize it more so that the depending on so that you basically as an employee you can control your environment Um this starts from the lighting where you can control what kind of um, how, how how bright it should be um, what color uh, it goes even to like control um, the heating and ventilation so different technologies that are out there and which help to to really uh, bring the experience of, of, uh, of a consumer good, like the experience, seamless experience of taking an Uber um, into the building and really bringing it to the next level so that you can be, as an employee, be more productive and happy um, and do your, your thing. Mm. Interesting
0: example I thought you brought out there, like we well, mentioned, that we're queuing for the canteen or maybe at lunchtime. I mean, that, I guess, to somebody, for, for anyone now, for like, Who's used to using apps like Uber or or, or others that y- you are, you know, you, that isn't that is a sort of much better user experience, right? Than just going, let's say, walking to the canteen, not knowing whether they'll you may have to keep for ten minutes for food. Uh, being, you know, really that could, you know, just being able to know that information about what how long you may have to wait um, can really improve user experience for a for, for a for an employee and also mean that they're not wasting wasting time during the day
1: absolutely so there is still a lot of frictions in the buildings i mean how many times had it happened that you come to the the, the, the meeting room and you start this con- conference call and it just doesn't work so there are uh, things like from a user's perspective, it' it should be yeah mean very critical things. you if it takes you 20 to 30 minutes to set up a conference call, this is just not not um, a good solution. Um, and I think there is a long way to go. We are definitely on the right track, um, but it requires a lot of more more work on on different ends and it's in the end, as I said, Smart buildings this is not just one single provider vendor. It's it's a whole bunch of different um, things uh, coming together um, to really create this building, um, which in the end provides uh, the huge uh, productivity and, and uh, cost effective um, scale for for the entire organization. Mm-hmm. And then
0: what we did as part of this exercise, as I said, of the of of these seven attributes was then look at the, uh, what use uses or um, outcomes um, could be, um, could be under those attributes. Um, And I hope you can, uh, you can see this diagram. Um, But basically what we did was try to, uh, try to map some of these, um, some of these uh, use cases. Now, and again, what we did is, um, if you can't see this particularly well on the screen, um, you would be able to either go on our website; it's up there at the moment, or, um, or uh, of course, download the white paper, and I gave you the link for that earlier on. Um, so, yeah, do you want to let's let's have a quick chat about this, Thomas? Um, I mean, from your point of view, what what are we looking at here?
1: Yeah, I mean, what kind of the key message here is really? It, it all starts uh, again with with the focus of where you as a corporate real estate team, uh, what do you think is your um, starting point? What is the most pressing um, uh, priority to tackle? Um, in the end, um, the key message is really there are different starting points um, on the one end, but there is there is there are different ways to get to this more human centric office buildings. I think mm-hmm. this is the, the, the clear point here. There is not a single way um, but multiple ways and you can start it um, from different perspectives. The, the, the important thing is just to start um, with, again, with, with the focus on the outcome and then move along um, these axes, um, hopefully um, one after the other tackle the different use cases.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. And if we just move on one slide, you've got an example for us, right? So we, we're going to talk about Something specific here um, um, around these three uh, use cases.
1: Yeah, so I, I just—I mean—I thought to myself, okay, what are like some examples I could share today as part of like what we have gained from from our experience talking to to customers, pro- prospect partners, and other other people. I mean, three examples I just came up with and the real examples we actually uh, discuss with, with um, customers and which kind of visualizes um, the importantness of focusing on, on the outcome. And like one example I picked, probably you cannot see it too well, but just uh, verbally uh, explain it. So on the one hand, it's one use case um, enabled. So it's under the defined area. So find is related to the people in the building um, and the use cases find available uh, meeting rooms and the thing is actually we had a customer coming to us and like giving us um, the insight that hey we have huge problems or uh, our meeting rooms are booked um, our employees are complaining that we have not enough meeting rooms um, and uh, they basically anecdotally uh, receive these uh, these complaints kind of And um, in the end, we exactly went through this um, deep dive where we challenged them on the challenges because, yeah, all my meeting rooms are booked, Uh, let's install some uh, presence detection sensors. Uh, That's probably not, not the best solution. First, we need to understand what's the problem. And we actually realized by questioning and challenging them on the challenges, we realized that it wasn't the problem of the meeting rooms are all um, in the entire building fully booked. It's just not visible to everyone um, where available meeting rooms are. So the the example was um, the 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 person who complained on a, on a floor. It was true that there were no bookable meeting rooms, but just um, one. Um, were level uh, below actually there were, were meeting rooms available. and so with, with a use case like this where you can like in real time show um, which meeting room um, on a floor plan for instance, you can actually solve these problems so that people know, hey, the building is, is, is bigger than just my level where I always am, and so I see on a floor plan and it's not that far away, it's just taking the elevator or even taking the stairs downstairs to um, find the meeting room and this kind of thing is like it shows how important it is not just to okay we have a problem with meeting rooms let's install sensors it was it was less of a a topic um, about what technology again but rather how can we actually enable people to find um, the, the available meeting rooms at the right time this is kind of one example um, which, which highlights, again, to challenge always um, the what is actually the problem you want to solve. Um, and then we have some other, other examples. Things like I took it from, what was it, Optimize. Um, again, there is also um, this driver. Um, so it's the, the use case is like optimize the space so that basically supply needs meets, meets um, the demand. Um, yeah, from the people in the end, from the employees. Um, and there, another example we, we went through with customers, um, actually they had typically the use case here is portfolio space planning, um, the consolidation part. So they had uh, to decide if they can go out of, um, of a lease. So they had a break option. Um, and uh, in the end, um, we showed them based on, on data, how they can enable really take the data that they already have within their buildings without any installing any changing anything um based on in this case it was from from the wi-fi connections um it can also be done from from other systems um but decide then based on the data um how um, the space can be planned and if a consolidation decision can actually be taken and even communicate it to the the affected people in the building. So again, there is uh, also there, not just uh, focusing on IoT and yeah, we want to install um, IoT across all our buildings, just looking at what you already have um, in the building from an IT infrastructure point of view. So consuming data from the Wi-Fi positioning devices on a floor plan can already help take such decisions without even going into a huge uh, deployment plan of, of sensors and all these kind of things. Um, this was like the, the second example, which again, looking at what you already have and like starting from there, like answering the challenges. And the third part, this is more in the in the control area where um, we have an example um, with, a, with a customer where, um, they actually took information, space utilization information, so real-time space utilization information um, in order to prepare the building for, for a heat wave or for winter, hard winter days. So at the moment you know how many people are in the building, you can also make the building react to it. Um, and really this combination, and this is kind of the third um, success factor combination of different solutions. So there it was, a, uh, building management um uh, pro- building management system provider um who then combined with with our data on people whereabouts in the building um, then this came together um, and in the end uh, created this building reactive building which in the end um, adjusted its um, temperature ventilation according to the the people inside. So it's really about, I think it's in in some why I picked these these three use cases, it's really one is the first one was really to show you understanding, starting with the use case first, so the challenge first. Um, The second one um, about the consolidation was really looking at um, the existing Um, data you already have in the buildings not just investing into technology for the sake of it and the third one uh, a critical success factor for smart building strategy is really having this open um, open system really systems that can talk to each other so that it's not just a silent solution um, and you don't exchange any information between a BMS system and uh, and the workspace analytics solution. Mm-hmm. So these are the key, why I picked these three uh, success um, or like these three success cases in our in our case, um, these three successful, imp- successfully implemented use cases.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. And I think that last example was very interesting about, um, because of course occupancy you know, data is extremely useful for um, not just, you know, so data that your system produces is useful for a lot of different building systems, knowing who, where, you know, who's in the building, uh, where they are, et cetera, like you were saying, can, can be used for, for air quality HVAC control. Uh, I had a question here for you, uh, Thomas. Uh, can you comment on what percentage of the use cases involve occupants versus those that are, that are around professional actors who operate, manage, and maintain the facility?
1: <laughs> That's a very good question, and actually, probably James, this is a probably better you can have a bit more neutral <laughs> comment on this and I have probably a little bit of a biased um mindset, no, but okay. of course, because we mainly tackle space utilization topics not only but mainly, I would say if i we really try to be as unbiased as possible if, if, if we have first contact with customers, I would say about eighty percent. Um, is, is really about space utilization. Um, and then 20% is, is about um, energy resources and these kind of things.
0: Mm, okay. I probably would say it's not quite as high as that. <laughs> but um, uh, yeah, no, I mean, and again, that's what with the bias. <laughs> yeah, sure. But it's uh, again, it's obviously that definitely varies, right, between what type of building and 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 which uh, or what kind of organisation they are, and what what really matters to them, right? I guess if they're if we if obviously we're talking about something where the user is is key, then uh, then in most buildings that that would that will increase that number. Um, and as, actually, that kind of reminded me. Um, anyone else who has uh, who has questions, then uh, please put them into us. Uh, happy for us we can take them anytime so that's um feel free to ask thomas anything or or myself as well if you've got anything more uh based on the market so yeah just type them in um following on from that i mean we kind of summarized right on this slide uh some advice for, for people who are embarking on um, a smart building journey Thomas, do you want to talk through some of some of all these three three steps that you that you produced?
1: Absolutely, yeah. I mean, it's the in the end, um, it's a, the typical approach how, how how you should go on with with any uh, any strategy, especially with a smart building journey. I mean, what we what we see quite a lot, and we, where customers need help from from different vendors, um, they. In the analysis phase um this is very important to like start and create this this joint vision of okay what in the end what is available this is one input um then um so in terms of like what is available um on the on the, the landscape with the challenges so what kind of challenges you actually have what information is already available in the buildings and really starting with these analysis phases and really diligently do that, um, this takes time um, it's an important step because only then um, you can actually achieve what what you what, what you plan to do and there is a lot of work to do, um, also alignment within the organizations we see so we need to many times we have to discuss it not just with corporate real estate but also with HR and with with the IT departments. Which is and this is important when you look for for a vendor It should always be approached from this so starting with with a joint vision where should it go? Um, And not just okay, um, i'm gonna deliver you a solution. Um, and uh, i'm not really aware of your your challenges And then it's the the planning phase usually. I mean This is as it is an emerging technology It starts with with a pilot project with like a roadmap the step-by-step implementation um, really what I kind of step by step and then the execution usually it starts uh, with within um, a few buildings and then roll out across more but this is kind of the, the usual way I think again here um, it's important to to really start and I cannot say that enough times you really start um, with the use case first look at what you have already available within your landscape which is uh, most of the time already quite a lot and then really um, create this joint vision together with the different departments um, in your organization um, and then once you have this joint vision embark on the journey and reiterate on it um, as you learn on the goal so there is in any case there is not we haven't seen um, a successful um, smart building strategy implemented um, where like the big bang thing. So it needs to have this, uh, we call it perpetual beta. So where we continuously learn and you you try to refine it um, instead of like going out and having a huge plan across five years, what do you want to do? And um, in the end, it's more successful, start small and then uh, getting bigger and bigger.
0: Mm.
1: Um, Yeah, a couple of questions. (laughs) First of all, with um, analysis,
0: you're talking about Uh, evaluation of data that is already available do you see quite often then with clients that come to you that um, they're perhaps already got systems that they could be getting data out of that they're not taking full advantage of that
1: absolutely I mean the the biggest thing especially in the in the space utilization area I mean there is if you imagine I mean you have in all your buildings, you have an IT infrastructure. So you have an available Wi-Fi infrastructure. You have an available network, LAN network infrastructure. Um, you have batch systems in place. Um, you have different things that are sometimes also legacy systems. Um, but you have these systems have a lot of information, a lot of data in there. You just need to turn it into information and insights and uh, i think this is an important step to really look at what is available before starting to invest into any any additional hardware and so on because it's in the end it's there are of course good use cases for adding uh, changing the hardware and adding things but it's in the end it's um, it's always the best cost effective way to start with with what you have depending on on the use cases again
0: mm-hmm. yeah Yes, and then obviously the second part, planning, where we're talking about establishing a roadmap for implementation. I guess that's where we would hope that you know our this white paper can
1: can be useful to people. Absolutely, I think there is there is a there is a lot of confusion around. Okay, where should we start, and how how do we plan things? Because it's in the end, I think it's quite natural that we the building space is, is evolving, and this is like the, the usual technology adoption um, curve where um, there's a lot of things going on, but in the end, it comes all down to the, the planning and really executing it. Um, and as I mentioned, I think there, it's most importantly to just start, um, not uh, think, I mean, think, of course, what your priorities are, but just start and, and, and move on and try things out and not try to, um, I don't know, uh, create um, huge papers. And in the end, you find out after two two years that this is already outdated. Mm. We see that quite some time where there are like, especially like RFPs going around uh, with, I don't know, 70 plus use cases, um, which is a huge thing. And then multiple vendors, which is of course, Possible, but I think it's much better to learn quick and and fail fast. So really adopt this this uh, more software approach or more Google style approach to to, uh, Get uh, smart buildings up and running instead of doing a big bang thing uh, where you in the end um, Realize oh we did we did probably a little bit too much. We added too many things. We didn't clearly prioritize so I think the planning, besides the analysis, the planning is, is of course very important. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, a question here for you. Uh, uh, to what extent would you say smart building certification okay. schemes such as WELL are driving the adoption of smart building
1: technologies? It's a very good question. So um, I think that's, that's a very, I mean, as from my point, I think it's, it's it's a very good topic that helps to accelerate. Um, it gives a certain structure and it gives the framework um, to how to, to start a journey similar to what we try to do. I think it's very good in terms of like coming up with what are the different outcomes um, and then in the end also get the certificate for it. Um, it, it helps to really stay focused on the right things. Um, that's on the one thing, um, yeah, I think I, that's coming up to that. Like what is, what defines the smart building and so on? It definitely helpful on the other hand, I think it's also good because it's defines kind of a standard and it helps to, this is the other thing I was talking about, the interoperability between different platforms. Um, so that everything, um, between the different, um, solutions, that they can be easily integrated, that they have an open API, that they consume uh, bilaterally data from each other and all these kind of things. This is really, I think, accelerating um, and helping to shift the focus from technology outcome.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, from my perspective, I think that um, we have seen um, people talking about well, and I think it is something that people are, are taking consideration of. And uh, again, like being, you know, being certified as well, um, uh, well compliant, I think is, um, it, it helps attract or at least um, let employees know that you're serious about you know, um, their user experience. Um, uh, just a question from me on three, the execution. Um, the sort of projects you get involved with, what what does sort of a, a a typical proof of concept look like? I mean, if you were giving advice to someone, how how do they roll? How do they sort of dip their toe in the water if they're thinking about um, trying t- some smart building initiative?
1: Yeah, I think it's 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 important there to start with like a proof of concept and to to or with at least like a pilot, um, so that you can get everyone in the organization excited about the, the, the opportunity and the chances that offer smart building. So it's I think it's these, these pilots um, usually we do with customers. It's a lot about um, how can I say shopping for, for awareness, basically where you go around in the organization and you show how this was the initial challenge we had. We, show, we solved it like this. Um, and really get buy in from the different parties. I think this is important again, not to start like think in a, in a small, specific by yourself, uh, create a smart building strategy, but rather go out, go into the building, uh, deploy depending on the challenges, um, the different solutions, and just try out as fast as possible, show it to as many people, make them excited. And really embark on that smart building journey and learn on the go. Mm-hmm. And I'm yeah. totally aware this is probably a bit of a, a difficult approach, especially for for bigger bigger organizations, which are typically not used to this kind of um, lean approach to doing things. Right, sort of to to iterate on right. something or find something small and and then
0: phasing it. Exactly. Mm. Okay. Well, we uh, we have uh, about 10 minutes left. So, if anyone has anything to ask, now is your time. Um, please put some uh, questions to myself or Thomas um, in the time you've got left. That would be very. That would be uh, that would be great. Anything you want to know about sort of this use case diagram that we've come up with, or sort of maybe Thomas's opinion on what he thinks. Um, you know, some of the. The the low hanging fruit are let's say of of this kind of thing. I mean I mean you know in your in your opinion Thomas like if if a building owner operator is looking for you know something to, to to try to test out and the you know the, the they don't have a a uh, huge budget like what where would what are the things that you think they should be thinking about testing and trying.
1: I mean, from from my point of view, what I mean, it, it is always looking at it if, on the business case side. Of course, one thing is a great, great thing you can start with, make people excited. If you just have, and we see that experience quite quite often, um, where we, for instance, if you have all these find use cases, optimize use cases, there are a lot of things where, for like getting things moving. Um, use cases that create visibility into buildings, um, be it uh, find, find an available meeting room, all these kind of, if they, they, they these challenges are really occurring. These things are good starting points, which create in an organization, create visibility um, and show the people in, um, in the buildings that corporate real estate teams really care about their needs. Um, this is, the the more people-oriented starting point we see and on the other hand it's of course uh, the other part is it's really starting with um, with this space efficiency topic where we see a lot of corporate real estate teams under pressure from their CFOs um, reducing uh, their real estate and they now have to kind of find the right buildings uh, to optimize um, and, and really get things um, m- going and more, be, be more efficient. So, this is, we see quite a great um, demand from companies. They want to look, for instance, across their portfolio, where do they have the biggest leverage to reduce space? Um, and this is another starting point, probably a more like cost driven approach. Uh, but we see still a lot of great business cases coming out there. And especially corporate real estate teams getting more excited um, once they see how people uh, use their space. So our impression is often the case, and this is for, for both topics, is often the case that corporate real estate teams are actually pretty far away from their end users. So they don't know how, on the one hand, how they behave, how the employees behave in the buildings. And through technology, um, making these visible focusing on on business cases uh, like space efficiency and so on. Um, These business cases are huge and they can make corporate real estate teams visible within the entire organization.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. There's a couple of questions here coming for you. Um, First one, how do we assess tenant privacy desires against opportunities to improve comfort and efficiency? How's a good way to strike that balance?
1: Uh-huh. That's a very good one, and we, we I mean, we discuss it um, very, very frequently with, with our customers. I mean, there is, in the end, and I see it, again, I would like to take the example of, of um, the, it's really an extreme example, but in the consumer industry, um, so we all use Facebook, Google, and everything, so we are, we're willing to pay with, kind of, with our privacy, it's a bit uh, to be cautious about my words. But we're, in the end, to be like clear, we are willing to to give in uh, our data. But we can consume, on the other hand, we can consume um, data. We can consume things like, I don't know, Google Sheets, uh, which are usually completely for free. We have Gmail and everything. Um, in the end, it, it is clear for everyone that we the product itself is for free but we pay it with our data um, and i think this is really an extreme example and i think this that definitely doesn't apply to to office buildings but in the end there is exactly this trade-off between okay i as a company or like as an employee um i if at the moment i see the value um at the moment i see um I can, it actually helps me be more productive. It, it really enables me to, to get my job done more easily. There is uh, there is also a stronger willingness to kind of, um, uh, yeah, uh, share information. So for instance, the example of, of uh, finding a colleague, this is on the one end, you can argue that it's highly uh, it's a huge topic around privacy. So finding and locating someone in the building is, is of course, uh, a huge topic if you look at it from a privacy perspective. But the moment the the employee sees the benefit um, of having an understanding where my colleagues are, um, then people also start to opt in. So you need, as a company, you always need to, of course. Uh, Across this spectrum, you need to have different possibilities and and be transparent about what is possible and what not But this is definitely um, a very a lot of important discussions need to take place and I I think there is not one um, size fits all solution to it depending on the use case um, it depends what um, what how you how you uh, find the right balance between co- be completely anonymized versus be, be completely open uh, where people are, uh, for instance. Okay, yeah, okay. Uh,
0: good yeah. point. And I, and I guess in some way also it's about being transparent, letting employees know what, what you're doing and also selling the benefits of that and then coming up and then allowing them to opt in or out and, and so that they are at least aware of, you know what is going on and um what the trade-off is, what their data, what the data is allowing them to do better to make them more efficient?
1: Absolutely. I mean, there is a huge uh, change management part included um, in the smart building. so it's it's people in place. Um, and so the people part needs to be addressed with the right change management, uh, with um, communication, transparency, and all these kind of things. Um, which are very important parts. And it's in the beginning, it all looks very technical, but at the end of the day, everything, also the topic around the use cases, it's all about Mm -hmm. people and what challenges they see in the buildings. We tend to be too technical, to be honest, on on these kinds of things.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Time for one last question for you, Thomas. Is it possible to define or characterize the early adopters of smart buildings? So is it commercial real estate facilities managers? smart building portfolio owners, public sector. Um, have you noticed any trend there? Do you, could you characterize, like in your experience, who some of these early adopters
1: are, are? Yes, I think what, from a from my point of view, of course, the, the smart building portfolio owners, so someone who owns portfolios like is building um, new smart buildings, they have an inherent um, push, uh, they have an inherent incentive to position their buildings as some sort of smart. Um, we see quite a lot of things going on there where like owners really take this jump ship and, uh, take this opportunity to move forward. Um, and they of course help to, to, to push the market, accelerate, and like bring this uh, smart building mission to reality. Um, on the other hand. I think yeah on the one hand this is this is like it's just they have an inherent incentive on the other hand the corporate real estate professionals or like teams who are responsible for the corporate real estate um in large organizations they more and more um they are exposed to to all these um challenges i guess i mentioned a top-down pressure to c- reduce costs and then a bottom-up pressure from the employees uh, complaining about modern work environment that don't work and so on so they are in, in a kind of a sandwich position and they ha- don't necessarily have the the compared to the, the the owners have a marketing pressure but they rather have a, like an inherent challenge to solve and this moves uh, moves um, moves people forward um, and accelerates this transition. Um, yeah. yeah, I think there are these early adopters, absolutely. And uh, I think there are also these incentives to do that. Yeah.
0: Well, that's, um, that brings us to the end. Uh, thanks everybody for, uh, just, you know, for listening, of course, but also for your questions. Um, and we hope you found it useful. Um, of course, I'd encourage you to go and download that white paper um, that's a lot more detail around what we've discussed here today. And you can, you can get a copy of, um, the diagram and, and how we've laid, laid that out, the seven attributes. Um, and, um, you'd be able to see here, Thomas and my, uh, contact details. So if there are any more questions for him and myself, then, uh, feel free to, to reach out. Uh, and I'd just say again, like this has been recorded and you'd be able to get, um, a, uh, I'll be able to listen to it again on SoundCloud and YouTube. And I'll be posting that on our website uh, later this week. Um, so just also remains me to say thanks to Thomas. I appreciate you taking the time today.
1: Thank you very much for your time. It was great. Thank you, James, um, for for leading through this um, webinar. So I hope yeah it was helpful for everyone. And um, yeah, we're quite, quite curious about feedback. So leave us a note. Um, in any case, if you have questions, reach out to me. Reach out to Chains. Um, yeah, I think it's it's the starting point of a shift, and uh, I think there will be much more coming out from Locity side, but also, of course, hopefully from Memory. Thank you very much, everyone. Thanks a lot. Bye for now.
0: Bye bye.